And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. You're alive. You're back among us. I am amongst the living DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Although I must say, I am probably not much longer for this world uh, if Mrs. Manson has anything to say about it. For you see, the plague which I had has spread within the Manson household. And I'm pretty sure Mrs. Manson holds a grudge. So I got to sleep with one one eye open. Maybe both. I don't know. So there was there was some debate as to what you had. Uh, some people said it was the coronavirus. Uh, I, I didn't think I mean, you liked light beer, so I wasn't worried about that. Ah, uh, clever. It could have been the Bud Light virus if somebody had better taste, right? No, um, I actually think I may have had the coronavirus, not the coronavirus that everybody is going on about, but I, ju- that, I just had a respiratory illness, and coronaviruses cause respiratory illnesses and pneumonia, um, so it's either that or probably a rhinovirus of some sort, so I mean, okay. it's entirely so possible. For those of us who are not scientifically or medically inclined, the coronavirus to me sounded like this was something new. I had never heard of this before, but from what you are saying, I am implying that this is a fairly common type of thing. Basically, it is one of the causative agents of the common cold. Okay. So people are just getting the cold, or is this a particular strand of the coronavirus that is causing people to be sick and everything to be all... This seems to be a new strain of the coronavirus that we haven't really seen in humans before. So just like the flu virus, you know, changes on an annual basis, other viruses can mutate. And, you know, when the surface antigens of a virus are no longer something that the immune system recognizes as being similar to something before it, uh, you don't get pre-existing immunity. Because, like, even when you get the flu shot and... You catch the flu. That does happen, you know. Um, If there's still some similarity, usually the severity of your illness is still less. So getting the flu shot is still beneficial. Um, But when you have something that's, you know, fairly radically different, even though it's still the flu, um, it can hit you pretty hard. And that's basically the same thing that's happening here with this new fangled coronavirus of ours. All right. But you don't have the one that everyone's talking about. I mean, I doubt it, but I, I mean, I haven't. I didn't go to China. I didn't closely uh, intermingle with anybody who went to China. So none of that adds up. All right. <clears throat> How many days were you out? Did you miss a significant amount of work with your. I was out of work <clears throat> two days. And honestly, I probably should have been out three or four. Um, but I had some stuff that I rescheduled after I was out at the beginning of the week and really couldn't reschedule again. So I just sucked it up and went in. What is your, I'm sick and I need to work regimen. Do you day quill it? Do you just drink a whole bunch of OJ? Do you just go in sick and are miserable to everyone? You know me. 
Which of those sounds like Doc Manson? Well, clearly the latter, but... Yeah. Um, Dayquil, usually, but I've kind of stopped using Dayquil because I try to stay away from the decongestant that is in there. Um, Why? So, what's that? Why? Uh, Why High blood pressure. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Getting old sucks. So you just went to work sick? Well, I mean, I still took like an antihistamine... And acetaminophen, Tylenol, you know, the other components that you would find in a Dayquil. An expectorant, a cough suppressant, that sort of thing. All right. So you dosed yourself up. Tell me what an expectorant is. It's what causes you to produce phlegm. So you actually cough up. I know this because I've been taking one pretty regularly for the last week or so to try to get this nagging cough out of my system. Yeah, I mean, so I I still have a nagging cough, and I'm still fairly congested. Um, My illness, now it's been well over a week, week and a half at this point, has just sort of developed into a regular old-fashioned sinus infection. Um, I get those regularly enough that the doctor doesn't tend to do anything for me, so I I don't tend to go when I get these, because really all they do is they give me Flonase and say, here, tough it out, because they don't want to give me... You know, a Z-Pack every time, so... And I understand that. I don't want to take that much antibiotics either. So, ah, but it just means I just got to tough it out for a week or two, and... And so now, your wife is sick, and yet here you are with a closed door podcasting? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd be up here with a closed door anyways. Like I said, she's pretty mad at me for getting her sick in general, so... I, I kind of just have to I don't hide. Know what, I don't know what she expects. Like, <clears throat> if my wife is sick or I am sick, it is just – it is going to happen that the other person is going to get it. Do you sleep in separate rooms when the other person is sick? Um, I don't because I'm stubborn. She does. And usually she doesn't though because she's also stubborn. But sometimes if it's real bad, yeah, sure. Interesting. We don't. No. I remember, Like when it's been really bad, I remember one time – we moved like we had like a pull-out couch at one point, <clears throat> and we were there because that was where my wife was laid up, and she said it seemed like too much work for her to get to the bed, so we just slept on the couch. Yeah, yeah. But- there was one night actually where um, this is when Mrs. Manson was first getting ill, and she was just up every couple of hours. She chose to go sleep in the other room so that she would not disturb me. Yeah, we just disturb each other. Yeah. I'll get I'll get up <clears throat> and move. And now that we have the love sack, I did one night. But this was just because I had a small – it had to do with the illness. But there was a time where I was just waking up and was wide awake at like 1 a.m. as opposed to 4 a.m. when I usually get up. And so I moved to our love sack and wound up falling to sleep on that. But – I have occasionally gotten up early like that, and I'll come downstairs, um, and of course the dog hears me, so he wakes up, and he's waiting for me at the gate, so I uh, will open up the gate and get on the the chaise, if you will, the shay, however you pronounce that. I'm American, so I say chaise, but that's wrong. Um, Close enough. And sometimes we'll, I'll get the dog to come and snuggle up and we'll just sleep there for the rest of the night and that's always nice he's a much better snuggler than than mrs manson so i'm sure she would agree yeah i think she'd agree with that i I think so if the roles were reversed she'd say the same about him than me so 
Well, I hope she feels better. I hope you recover from your sinus infection. Uh, it's been a little bit. We didn't talk Royal Rumble. If you can oh, even yeah. remember that far back, there was a Barely. there was a Worlds Collide, and there was a Royal Rumble. The Collision of Worlds. Um, your thoughts? Did you come I, and watch that with me? No. No. Did I watch Collision of Worlds? I think I did. You had said I got a text from you with a picture of the WWE Network login screen saying, please take pity on us poor fools. And so I changed I think that was the following night, though, for the Rumble. I thought that was Saturday, but it it could be either. You may have missed it. Do do you remember watching Imperium versus Undisputed Era? Yes, because – Finn Balor versus the Russian guy? Alex Wolf got injured like right away. Yeah, that was scary. Yeah. I, they handled it well. Yeah. Overall, you know, good show. I yeah, nothing I was a, super excited about, but. No, but it was, I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, good. And then the Rumble of All Rumbles, the Royal of All Royals. Which one? They were both good. Um, yeah. I think the I, I like the women's Rumble somewhat better than the men's Rumble only because it was a more traditional Rumble experience. But I will say, I quite enjoyed the men's rumble. I thought they told a great story. I think, and both I, don't, of, I think both of them were very well put together. Yeah. <clears throat> there was more of a story in the men's, obviously, because you had Brock versus the world, and then he gets eliminated, not by Cain Velasquez, Thank which was heavens. shocking. That was wonderful. Um, they built it up really well. They made Drew McIntyre look like a million bucks. Well, and he eliminates Brock, and I go, okay, that's his big moment. This is what's going to springboard him to stardom, and this is also what's going to get people not to complain if Roman Reigns wins. Roman Reigns won, but McIntyre eliminated Lesnar, so and so I spent the entire rest of that card thinking, all right, here, where's Roman? Roman, that there he is. Yep, he's down to the final ten. Yep, he's down to the final five. Yep, he's down to the final two. And then I jumped out of – I think I was you know, sitting on the edge of the bed just kind of watching it. And I like jumped to my feet at like 5.30 in the morning because I had fallen asleep and watched that rumble the morning after and was like stomping around the bedroom like almost doing the bushwhacker sort of thing because I was just like I couldn't believe they actually went that far with him. So Yeah, it was a great moment. And uh, overall, I think they were both pretty good – uh, pretty good shows. Yeah. So. I also remember like, oh, Becky Lynch versus Asuka was very good. Yeah, a good match. Yep. The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan strap match was good. It was, it good. was fine for a strap match. The yeah. one thing I, I, I didn't like was, and I guess I, I guess I should have realized this when they made no effort to explain the rules, but I thought strap matches were won by touching all four corners, which. Yeah. Is not what they did, which is they always fine. they always change that. They do always change that. It's either one or the other. I just and wish I even, they. I just wish they had said what it was. Yes. at the beginning of the match, because instead I just didn't know. That's fair. So that was, but otherwise, and the other thing I noticed about that match, um, no red light. They didn't keep the light no. on throughout the match. I thought that was. I liked it actually. They did I think not the red light the red during light. the match was a cool effect, but I I ultimately found it distracting so yeah i think they did it a couple times you know i always thought and forgive me if i've said this on the air before i always thought the red light should be on when the fiend is winning 
And if Daniel Bryan gets some offense in, the lights change. And it's just they, for whatever reason, the fiend somehow, when the fiend is in, you know, is in charge and dominating the match, the red light goes on. A little which, too theatrical, I think. Perhaps, but you know, a show like Lucha Underground could have made that work. So, uh, but yeah, no, I thought it was good. And since then, how many hours of wrestling have you watched since the Royal Rumble? You were home for a few days. I think I watched approximately four minutes on YouTube, but that's not fair because I actually fast forwarded most of it because I was just I saw that Brock Lesnar had interrupted some sort of match to determine his contender for the next thing. And I saw it was a four minute long video and I just kept skipping ahead because I was like, where's Brock? Where's Brock? Where's Brock? And Brock didn't show up until the last 20 seconds of that four minute clip. So I really only watched about 20 seconds. Sure. But does that answer your question? It does. Uh, Before wrestling Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, he's going to wrestle Ricochet uh, in Saudi Arabia. Great. Something new, something different. I think that'll be a good match. Are you going to watch? I doubt it. There will also be, I think, the only other match announced for that card Part of me wants to watch that show only because of the train wreck quality of it, where, like, just knowing how bad the last one was with Taker and Goldberg and just, like, some of the other, you know, legends they've had come back for some of those matches, it's one of those things where I'm real curious about, well, how bad can it really be? You know what I mean? Goldberg is going to be on SmackDown this week. Yes. I had – and – it wasn't until just now that I was like, oh, he's probably building for a Saudi match. It's not WrestleMania. I was like, all right, <clears throat> maybe he'll wrestle Roman Reigns at WrestleMania or something like that. No, that might be Saudi Arabia. Although the problem is I don't think they're going to put him in there with another legend. It'll be Goldberg versus someone who can actually go. Except that's, that's not what a Goldberg match is. None of his matches have been matches where he's had to go. There was one with Lesnar. That last one with Lesnar was not the 92nd. It wasn't very long, if I recall. Yeah, but for Goldberg, a six-minute match is... You're right. But that's my point, is even if you are having elevated expectations, you're still probably only talking about a five- or six-minute match. So, just saying. Either way, I'll watch more Goldberg, especially if he concusses himself before he even gets to the ring. What if Sting shows up? Have you ever seen, besides the match against Hunter, have you watched a Sting match? Okay, no, no, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Not counting TNA. Have you ever watched a Sting in WCW match? No, but in fairness, I'm not sure I can really say I've seen any matches from WCW. Trying to think of what would be... I may have watched one of their Halloween Havocs. Sure. Was that them? Did you watch the one with the electric chair? That would have been something I probably would have wanted you to watch. I think I've seen that show, yes. With the Dudleys or no? No, that was TNA with the Dudleys. No, this is like Abdullah the Butcher. I still think I've seen that, actually, though. I still think I've seen that. There was a show with Jim Ross, like, dressed up as Dracula or something. Yeah. Then there's the match. The only other one that came to mind, and I think it's because I'm watching 1995 ECW and WWF right now, 
um, is where Dustin Rhodes fought the blacktop bully on the back of a moving semi truck. I think I've seen clips of that, but I don't think I've actually. It's such a bad match, but it just come again. It's one of those like I think you would enjoy just the sheer lunacy of. I mean, I definitely think I did put on some WCW pay-per-views when the network first came out because I have sure. this vision of Scott Steiner backstage in WCW. So I'm pretty sure I, I watched a little bit. So I mm. probably have seen a couple of matches, but not much. Well, we'll put it out there to the besties now that Doc has the new password for my WWE Network account. <clears throat> um you know, if you have a recommendation for an EC, uh, for a WCW match, and let me add the caveat that Doc Manson would like, don't send him Steamboat Flair the sixty minute Chi Town Rumble match. He's not going to watch that. Send I might him, watch that actually. Send him something that you know you people we we know Doc Manson. Send him something Doc Manson would like. Send Does WCW some- have anything that rivals? RVD it has versus Robocop. Jerry Lynn. Oh, yeah. But it also has RoboCop. Well, yeah. Did clearly. you watch, like, the RoboCop stuff? I think I've looked it up on YouTube, yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, um, I don't know if it has. I would suggest, if we're talking the RVD Jerry Lynn, the Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, Eddie Guerrero stuff, I think would be. Yeah, the only thing with that is, like, I. Part of what makes RVD Jerry Lynn good is the emphasis that was placed on those two guys. You know, their spots on the card. Sure. And I'm not sure that the cruiserweights in WCW would carry the same weight. No. No. These not are just early because in, these they're are early in the card. You're watching and you're like, yes, this is fantastic. I wish they could be. And then they have to go to WWE to get main event spots. Yeah. Uh, anything else? All right. So you haven't been watching wrestling. You've been sick. What did you do while you were home? Did you just sit there and wallow in sickness? Yeah, mostly. No, I uh, I was fixing my uh, Raspberry Pi, uh, Retro Pi console. I had to reinstall everything on there. So I spent a day doing that. And I spent a day playing through the Streets of Rage remake on that. Do you remember Streets of Rage? It was Vaguely. a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Series think, from the I feel Sega like Genesis. I've watched you and GQ play it on an yeah. emulator. Recently. So the remake is actually really cool because it's a fan project. Um, and basically what the fans did was they combined the first three games and made it into this package. And it's sort of neat because like it has all the characters from all the original games and like there were different characters in the different sequels. And it's got all the characters and uh it also it has like this branching level structure, whereas the old ones were just linear. You went through the levels in a certain order. This one, as soon as you start the game, there's four different levels you can start on. And depending which level you start on, that affects the next level you go to. And throughout the game, there's different like branching paths where you can choose to go up or down. And again, it changes. So you can replay and replay and replay. And they even made some new levels that weren't in the game before different, you know, tile sets and things. So it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a fun little thing, and there, it's a lot of replayability, and if you have any love for those old games, I recommend looking it up. You can find it for free online. The only downside to trying to play it on a PC is, you know, controller support. You, so you have to get yourself a Bluetooth controller or something you can plug in USB. But uh, it's a lot of fun if you, if you have any nostalgia for those brawler games. See, here's the problem. 
that's a perfect piece of positivity at the 20 minute mark. So yeah. I think maybe for you specifically, you need to just like the piece of positivity now just needs to be throughout the show um, as opposed to at the end. I've got another piece of positivity, I think. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Talking good about the rumble. A couple pieces of po- – this is a good – we're on a good time. You must be really feeling better. Not really. But I've All also right. – the other thing I've been doing to pass the time is I've been uh, in the evenings re-watching some of the later sequels from the Friday the 13th series. I started with part four because it's been a while since I saw the final chapter, and the final chapter is, is one of the better sequels. And Mrs. Manson had never seen it, so we watched that one. Um, and I enjoyed that. That one held up. Then we I think watched, she just tweeted that she saw part six. Yeah, and we watched part five, and we watched part six. And part five, I've always considered to be the worst of the movies. And yeah, it's pretty bad. Part six, with the exception of the entire sequence involving these sort of throwaway characters who are playing paintball in the woods... The rest of that movie is actually pretty good, but those that particular sequence almost seems like like they came back and reshot it with like a lower budget just like some executive somewhere said there needs to be more kills in this movie. And again, it just it, this reeks of a much lower production value than the rest of the movie. And I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it's something I might, I might have to look into because it just it does seem to stand very starkly uh, in contrast with the rest of the film, which I think is actually relatively well made. Some of the best, I won't say the best kills, but there's some memorable kills. And it's also, I would say, the first of the series that is really self-aware of itself. It knows exactly what it is, and it's very tongue-in-cheek. There's a lot of lines where it's not postmodern, modern like Scream, where it's like really bringing the audience into it, but there's enough lines where the characters are practically breaking the fourth wall without doing so, that it's actually pretty interesting to see in a film that early. You don't typically think of that as happening for another 10 years or so, I would say. So it's kind of interesting. Um, the little jokes and visual puns. Like there's one part where this woman uh, gets killed. So she's they're driving this VW bug through the woods and trying to get to this camp. And suddenly, you know, she comes to a stop because Jason is standing there in the middle of the this unpaved road. And she backs it up and her boyfriend who's in the car says, I just just run him down. Not really run him down. But we're going to scare him. Just just he'll move. He'll move. You know, and he doesn't. And the boyfriend dies. And then she gets out of the car. She doesn't really know what she's dealing with, obviously. And like she's in she falls out of the car. She's in like this mud puddle on the side of this unpaved road. She's like begging and pleading. She and she's doing something. She's she's clawing at herself she's working through her pockets trying to get her wallet out and she she literally takes out of her wallet like a handful of cash and credit cards like like you know don't kill me just take this just take this right and then you know jason does kill her and there's this shot of the puddle and in the puddle floating is not just the cash but also it's this green american express card and they don't really call I mean, and it's just it just lingers on this American Express card that sort of just floats in the puddle. And you can just imagine because this was when the slogan was all the rage. You can just imagine a theater full of people just sort of like shouting, like, don't leave home without it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's clearly built 
for that reaction from a contemporary audience. And it's just sort of interesting to see those sorts of nods uh, in that film. I think that's kind of fun. When do you get to Jason X? Um, well, that would be part 10, obviously, and we've worked up to seven, so you can do the math. Okay. I'm just saying. The problem one is I don't think I own horror, nine One of the few horror X. movies I've seen. Yeah. It's good. I like X. X is a lot of fun. Alexa is very much a, uh, again, a tongue-in-cheek send-up of the genre more than anything else, and it really works for that. Jason X, highly recommended. All right. Would you like to highly recommend some emails? Would you yeah. like to? Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Yeah. The first one comes in from Ryan Franson. That is the ultimate warrior. Ah, and his uh, title is BJ's. Dear DC really and Doc, this week on Gourmet Makes, Claire made Ben and Jerry's style ice cream flavors. Ah, BJ, B and J, Ben and Jerry's. For each of the Test Kitchen staff, if each of you were to have a personally tailored Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor, what would it be? And most importantly, what would be the puntastic name? Yours truly, Worrier. Uh, my personally tailored Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor, this isn't very interesting, uh, because it's just fish food. <laughs> fish food is the best flavor of ice cream in existence. Period. With the marshmallow and the... Ca- is that the marshmallow caramel one? Marshmallow, caramel, and the chocolate, chocolate fish fishes. in the chocolate ice cream. It's so good. I would just eat that all day long. Put it in a pool. I'll swim in it. I'm fine with it. Do you like your ice cream... <clears throat> do you let your ice cream sit out for a bit to kind of soften before you eat it? or do you Sometimes. Just go- Depends on how desperate I am to get that ice cream in my belly. You can't soup. Like, I used to love to make ice cream soup. Yeah, and fish food I did is too. tricky to ice cream soup. That's true. That's true. Uh, but what would the name be? I don't know. Fish food? <laughs> okay. I've missed you in your obstruction. Come on. Coming with a pun off the top of your head is not the easiest thing. If I got a little bit of warning, maybe I could have put some thought into this. Well, yeah, because I'm like, you know, the Pope of Positivity, like Pope of Positivity tea, but I don't want a tea-flavored ice cream. Pope. Pope. I mean, I guess you could just call, you could just say the flavor is called the Doctor is In, and like instead of little chocolate fishes, it's little chocolate people in lab coats. I don't know. It's not good, go. okay? What do you want from me? Um, personally tailored. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm. I like fish food a whole lot. I'm the my least favorite part of the fish food is the chocolate fishes. Oh, I love the chocolate fishes. They got a nice, strong, rich chocolate flavor. They do, but I don't want like if I want ice cream, I don't want candy. I want ice cream. So oh, I love candy in my ice cream. In fact, give me some uh, give me some Reese's pieces in my ice cream. Hard candy shell. Some people hate that. I love it. So. Would you, if you could take fish food and add Reese's Pieces, would that increase your enjoyment of the? It might, but in fairness, um, again, just that those those flavors are already balanced so perfectly. I mean, if if we had to differentiate, sure, throw that in there. But 
it's so good as is. I, I can't honestly sit here and tell you, yes, we need to add the Reese's Pieces. I, I don't know. I used to, there used to be this place in a mall near us. It was sort of like gourmet ice cream, um, like a Cold Stone Creamery, but it was different. Um, and they used to have this, these two ice cream flavors. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I used to really like this place. Um, they had this bright blue ice cream flavor, which was, uh, I'm trying to remember what flavor it was. It might have been, they might have claimed it was cotton candy, I think. And then they had a bright yellow, like, you know, fluorescent yellow one, which was marshmallow flavored ice cream. And I used to like to get those. And, you know, this is the sort of place where they'll put it out on a marble slab and they'll mix in, you know, whatever you want them to mix in. And I used to really like to mix in either the mini M&Ms in the blue one or I would mix in uh, gummy bears in the yellow one. And sometimes I would get them both put together on a cone. So I guess, I guess if I got to do something original here, I'm going to go 50% cotton candy ice cream, 50% marshmallow ice cream, like, you know, swirled together. And it's going to have mini M&Ms, specifically the minis, and gummy bears as well. I, I'm thinking about it, and I think... And marshmallow. I would have marshmallow um, swirl in there. Like the actual marshmallow like you have in fish food as opposed to just the marshmallow flavored ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. You really, you really like marshmallow. I do. I do. Yeah. I'm like, all right, maybe I'd call mine purely positive and it would just be chocolate ice cream. That's boring. You're boring. I am. <laughs> We've established this. The only way you could be more boring is if you'd said vanilla. Nah. Chocolate. Our next email comes from Chris Hawk, no subject. Doc should check out Daybreak on Netflix if he hasn't already. And DC, we are nothing alike. I have not seen Daybreak, um, but it does look like a lot of fun. It's sort of this apocalypse uh, zombie show with, my impression was like younger actors, sort of like teens, almost like a young adult drama style thing. That's not the Will Smith one? What's that? Isn't there some Will Smith thing on Netflix where he plays a cop and his partner's like a monster. An orc. And I think that was called Bright. Is that right? Bright? That might be Bright. Yeah, that's, that's Bright. Like Daybreak Bright. I don't know. Daybreak is a, it's a series, I think. I don't think it was renewed for another season, but I've heard some decent things about it. I was getting ready to read Danielle's email, but this is a you email. Danielle Sullivan, just because. Can't think of anything to send. So here's an email just because. How's the weather? Cheers. Danielle. Well, right now it's dark, which I know is not weather. <clears throat> but uh, it, we're, we're supposed to get some snowy, sleety, freezing rain. Do you think you're going to go into work on time tomorrow? Probably. I mean, I'm not going to get there on time, but they're going to expect me to be there on time. That's my guess. When that happens, do you have to, like, use sick time or do you just not show up? I I'm insulted that you would imply I would do anything other than – what is required of me by my job, which is to show up on time and do my duties. If it was possible to hear a wink, they just <laughs> I, heard it. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Our next email comes from Ch- The Road to WrestleMania. 
Evening, gents. After a very successful rumble and collision of worlds, is Doc inclined to delve back into wrestling, at least until Mania? With Brock and Drew the first official lock for Mania, and Edge versus Orton very much on the cards, what other matches are you both hopeful of seeing at the showcase of the Immortals? Hope you're both well. Che sent for my Samsung Galaxy smartphone. We did not talk about Edge. Edge's yeah. return after nine-ish years or so. Uh, what'd you think? It was fine. There was some really poor camera work, I think, that everybody online oh was my God, yes. upset about. Yes. Um, yes. But here's the thing. Um, and I know that I'm in the minority, so it's fine. But I never really liked Edge before. So... The fact that he's been gone for nine years, I didn't miss in, him. And just I, to just to establish, in the sense that he was a heel, and you didn't like heels, or just no, he never did anything for you. I didn't. I didn't think he was. I didn't. And again, I realize I'm the minority because he was the champion for a long time, but I he was always just bland to me, and that may have been because. Uh, at one time in my life, I was a rather large fan of Matt Hardy, no longer really the case, but everything that sort of went on in real life there between Matt Hardy, uh, Lita, yeah. and Adam yeah. Copeland, um, never really sat well with me, and that probably soured any sort of take I might have had on him as a performer. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I just, I never enjoyed him, I never was entertained by him. He's not somebody that I, when he announced his retirement and everybody was shook, I was like, all right, world goes on. What's next? You know what I mean? Like, and so sure. for him to be back doesn't really do anything for me. Although Fair enough. on a human level, this guy who's been gone for nine years due to a potentially devastating, debilitating injury um, to be well enough now to be able to return to this highly physical career. Again, on a human level, I, I can appreciate that and be happy for him. Um, but I, well, first off, I, I don't really care about Edge, as we just established. And two, the thing that you've done with him post-Rumble is you have put him into a program with the one individual who I think, again, on these airwaves, I have said, I have not cared about anything he's done in at least the last five years, maybe longer. Like... Orton is the match at WrestleMania to me that is always a throwaway garbage match that has nothing to do with anything, is not any fun, and it's usually because he's not invested in it, which won't be the case this year. Credit where it's due. I think he realizes what he has in front of him potentially, at least to, not to me, but to the audience at large. I think he will be invested. I think they'll put on a good match. But... I don't care about Randy Orton, and I don't care yeah. about Edge, so there you go. There's my hot take. I get that there's a natural storyline there. I get that this is a safe pick. So, you know, this is somebody obviously Edge trusts who he can have his first match with, like one-on-one, -on -one, kind of get his legs under him and all of that, and... Edge can win, obviously. I think that's going to happen. 
Um, but, you know, he's cutting his promo the day, night after on Raw, and he's talking about these names like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, da 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 And he's like, and I hope I see you all down the road. And I'm like, well, then let's not hope. Fight one of them. <laughs> Any of them. Um, but again, I'll watch. I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed that Edge came back. I know the rumors were circulating. Um, although I have to say, his wife wrestling for 20 plus minutes while bleeding profusely from the back of the skull. Um, Beth Phoenix performance of the night, at least from the women's match. That's for sure. Um, I like, you know, credit to Bianca Belair. She had her, you know, moment in the sun, but yeah, Beth could have, I gotta tell you, maybe it's them. Maybe this is evidence of, yeah, they're doing a good job. Bianca Belair. What a great heel. But I do not care at all about Bianca Belair. I I understood what they were doing that match, and they were putting her over and all the eliminations and all of that. I I don't like that person. No, correction. I don't like the gimmick. Sure. The the hair thing is extremely off-putting to me. And, like, I've seen online people saying, oh, white men with their thinly veiled racism against Bianca Belair because of... I've seen that. It's an argument about the hair and things like that. And, you know, there was a big thing a few years back. You know, if you remember, like, the sort of shock jock radio guy talking about the hair of a professional basketball team. Like, I get where those comments come from. But that's that's just – it's – that's – I mean, I I can only be as honest as I can be. But I don't think that's my motivation for what I'm saying here. Um, No, I don't think it is either. But I think if this character – if this was, I'm trying to think of a you know. Let her be a, a badass. I, I like. I don't like people. The, the hair is a crutch. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's 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 a it's the most transparent of gimmicks. It's there for cheap heat, and only cheap heat. And I can tell you that as a performer, Bianca Belair is better than that. And yeah. I think reducing her to a cheap heat gimmick is very off-putting to me because it does her a disservice as a performer. I think I finally articulated it. There you go. And, and, may, well, and maybe it also speaks to the fact that if you had to ask someone, if you went to Full Sail and was like, do you watch NXT regularly? Okay, what is, what is Bianca Belair's character? You're like, oh, well, she thinks she's the best and she has really long hair that she braids. Like, I, what else... I don't know anything else about her. Like they don't, you know, or maybe they've shown stuff and I've missed it. Cause I don't watch every moment of NXT, but it seems to me to be just like, you know, yes. Did it lead to a cool rumble spot when somebody's literally holding onto her hair to keep from getting eliminated? Yeah. Am I really hoping that someone goes full beefcake on her and eventually cuts it off? Yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know that. I, I don't know that shave your head gimmick matches are something that the sport needs anymore. You know what I mean? No. And to have a multi-year build up to the payoff, the ultimate payoff, like you just said, is getting it cut off. Like, I don't, can we just, can we just fast forward? We don't need to to do that program. I, I don't, I don't need to see it. It's not entertaining. I like Bianca Belair. She's a, Incredible athlete. I'm excited to see. I was excited to see her do well at the Rumble. I'm excited to see her 
shine brightly and lose to Rhea Ripley at TakeOver Portland in a couple weeks. And then I would think she'd go up to the main roster. I'm not yeah. really sure what else is. I don't know. Like, I, I think that's just my do. main problem is the gimmick is very reductionist against what she as an individual should be capable of. So, yeah, that's it. Thanks, Che, for bringing up such a sensitive subject. Gosh, Che. Um, his question had to do with uh, what matches we would like to see. On what? Uh, on WrestleMania. He was like, all right, oh, you've got right. McIntyre, Lesnar. You've got Edge Orton. What else? I would like to see Kevin Owens do something meaningful, and I don't think I'm going to get that. I'd like to see AJ Styles or Samoa Joe wrestle on the show, only because it seems like they're both always injured. Has Samoa Joe even wrestled at a WrestleMania yet? He may have, but I just don't know. I think he might have wrestled at this past one, and that was his first. Yeah. I just – those are two guys who – But I would like to see Samoa and, Joe more and AJ Styles being injured right now with yeah. an indefinite time frame around it. I hope he's back. That's all. Maybe this Maybe this will come up later, the whole notion of, you know, does everyone need a spot at WrestleMania? And clearly they don't. No. But if Kevin Owens is in the Andre Battle Royal, I will feel like that is a missed opportunity. Yeah, I will say after watching uh, Blackpool 2 and Worlds Collide, um, this is probably going – and we've been saying this right along, but if they're going to have these two-and-a-half-hour shows-ish, they got to have more than five matches on the card. Yeah, they like each one is – you give each match 30 minutes. It's, it's too much. The, yeah. I think the show would be better paced if there was an additional match on those cards. I'm all for Kevin Owens showing up, and granted, this probably won't happen because apparently Charlotte's going to face Rhea Ripley for the NXT title at WrestleMania. That's who she's going to cash in her Rumble shot against, which well, I like. NXT's makes a NXT, big deal, DC. I don't makes know if you NXT that. seem important. Um, but if Kevin Owens isn't doing anything worthwhile, if he's going to wind up wrestling, you know, with Samoa Joe against the Authors of Pain in some sort of opening tag match that's not even for the titles i'd rather see him show up and wrestle adam cole or you know adam cole versus tomaso champa versus kevin owens for the nxt title who is yeah, becky um going to be facing now that oscar is in the rearview mirror uh the the rumor is either ronda or Shayna baszler really Yes. And then Bailey will wrestle either Lacey Evans or Naomi. It's funny that you mentioned Bailey because I had forgotten that was a thing. Yeah. Bailey is the SmackDown champion. And it seems like Na Naomi, who I, did you watch Naomi's entrance from this past SmackDown? Let me see if I can find Smackdown? it. SmackDown? No. I saw it at the Rumble. Yeah, no, it got better. Why? Because she was wearing words. a disco ball on her head. Okay. A disco I think, ball. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I can find a video. Sorry. I'm going to just completely uh, just type in Naomi Smackdown Entrance 2020. Or not, since you're not touching. Wait, what am I keyboard. supposed to do? What am I doing here? You want me to do? I, was, I stopped listening to you. Sorry. Naomi 2020. Type in. Type in Naomi 2020 SmackDown entrance. 
Okay. You can go to a video or just look at the picture. But she's literally wearing a disco ball on her head. Like, she's. I'm watching a video of her dancing with a disco. Yeah, I don't know that she can see. I see that. This is some good radio. Yeah, I, I don't know. I... I don't get it. I don't know why you're putting that on her head. I guess it makes the entrance look cool. Maybe it's like a marshmallow thing who apparently is some sort of musical artist who wears like a marshmallow kind of thing on his head. But I was like, I feel like this is a, oh, we could get a cool WrestleMania entrance out of this. But yeah, I don't understand. I will say I'm a big fan of Naomi's new giant teased hair look. I think that's a nice look. I think well, that was it. Mrs. Manson, I think, would be into with it. The big, with the big hair, and I was into it, and then they put a thing on her head. Well, it's still there. They unleashed it. Right. The look on Bailey's face there at the end of this video, uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. I like her as a heel. Yeah. Our next email comes from Mitchell. No, Excitement comes returns. from Glenn. Work or shoot. You gotta... All right. Work or shoot. Hi, guys. Make a conversation... More a conversation starter as a, than a question. Seeing NAI back stirring things up. Oh, is NAI back? I hadn't heard that. Jason Maltov has returned to Twitter and has basically decided he is going to uh, jump... He's going to get his soapbox out and proclaim that Brock Lesnar is the greatest wrestler of all time and will argue all day with anyone who disagrees. Well, I mean, based off of our uh, wrestlers of the decade, uh, he's almost right. It's f- I'm happy he's back, and if he's happy, I'm happy. But he that's said what he's doing. Brock said Riddle is not good enough for him. Do you think he was talking about a shoot fight in MMA or in a wrestling capacity where Brock has even more experience? Glenn, I think he was talking about both. In a shoot fight yeah, in MMA, I think Brock would wreck him. Um, yeah. And in terms of the professional wrestling environment, um, because there's such a thing as, well, there's a hierarchy in professional wrestling, right? There are guys who are main eventers and there are those who aren't. And at this time, I don't think main, I don't think Matt Riddle is a main eventer. I don't think he's in Brock Lesnar's league. I'm not saying he would never be. And I don't think that's even what Brock necessarily was saying to Riddle. It was just, you know, get my name out of your mouth right now because if you think this is something that's actually happening in the short term, you're delusional. Yeah. The the rumor was there was some sort of confrontation backstage, and I believe everyone just presumes that Matt Riddle started it because I don't think Brock would be able to pick Matt Riddle out of a lineup just walking, like, through catering. Well, suppose uh, the way I heard it was – Lesnar did approach Riddle, and what I said was actually a, a quote, supposedly, get my oh. name out of your mouth. And that was pretty much the extent of the oh, interaction. I love Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I love Brock Lesnar. I think that's great. Um, but yeah, you know, and so. And hey, we're all talking about it, so I guess Matt Riddle's goal worked, right? I don't think he's going to ever wrestle Brock. I don't either. Like, I don't think that's a match that anyone wants to see besides Matt Riddle. And people who like Matt Riddle. And I think if we saw it, Matt Riddle would lose in five minutes or less, and then everyone would be pissed. Accurate. All right. Mitchell Monroe, Excitement Returns. You want me to read this Yeah, one? go for it. I'm getting tired. All right. 
We'll see how long this lasts, but Edge is back and I'm all in on the road to WrestleMania. Watching that return at the Royal Rumble sparked my imagination for wrestling in a way nothing has in a long time. I may or may not have been bouncing up and down in my chair, squealing with joy like a young child in my cubicle at work. On my break, of course. Ah, I read you loud and clear, old Mitchy Poo. I also went back and caught up on Dynamite and watched Monday Night Raw. So for the time being, my wrestling kick is back, and I have a sneaking suspicion it may be the same for Doc since he's been warming (laughs) up to it recently, though perhaps for different reasons. What were some big moments or events that brought you guys back to wrestling after being disinterested for a while? The Royal Rumble. It's always the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And uh, the WWE Network. Yeah. I mean, I will say I I am more interested in wrestling right now than I have been in months. Six months, maybe. Um, but I don't think I'm going to be watching Raw or SmackDown. But I, the don't, one, I have a two-week trial to YouTube TV because we watched the Super Bowl, and I'm not watching it. Like I, The thing that I've learned in this last little bit of time off, and this is sort of something that I've, I think I've complained about on the show before, not to keep saying that, but the weekly television is unnecessary. Nothing actually happens that's of any note from week to week. And frankly, if I just watch WrestleMania and I see what the matches are, I'm going to see enough in terms of the recap packages to know what the setup is and why. And that's going to be enough to enjoy the show. And I I wish it wasn't that way. I I, I wish there was a compelling reason to watch every bit of content that they were producing. But I don't I don't think that's their goal. And frankly, right now, it seems like they're after YouTube. So they're like, all right, what can we what can we get in three to four minute chunks to put on YouTube? And like I said, so I mean, I brought up a four minute YouTube video and I only wanted to see the last 20 seconds. Yeah. Ruby Riot coming out and seemingly aligning herself with Liv Morgan, but then turning on Liv Morgan. Uh, that's a moment. You put that up. Classic. The whole Rusev, the whole Rusev, Lana, Lashley storyline. Put up little clips. Classic. So, um, but yeah, when the WWE Network showed up and I had a cost-effective way to watch wrestling again, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I dove back in. Uh, so you'll notice – oh, no, wait. We got to get to uh, Bosks. On the toad again. Hello, DC and Doc. The Rumble was the best. The in-between matches were good, but the build in both Rumble matches was awesome. With Drew winning, it seems that they are at least trying something new, which is good. Also, some people just need to breathe – and take a set back with Charlotte winning. Let the story play out before you pass judgment. You need to find time to check out NWA Power. One of my childhood friends has started watching as well as DC and Jeremy's recommendation. The old school flair with modern wrestlers could be fun, just need more time. Also, Doc, Headhunter was really good. A good-looking movie as well as great special effects. It reminded me a little of a medieval, non-comedic Evil Dead. I think that's a good comparison, yeah. Uh, Anywho, looking forward to see how this WrestleMania season turns out. Best to you and yours, Bosk, sent from my iPhone. Thank you, Bosk, for the email. Um, And then you'll see a series of three emails. What's this money request? So, Jeremy, who has the next email after this... um, let me know about something, because as we all know, our good bestie Glenn, the bestest 
of all besties, uh, has been having some hard times. He's been, you know, putting himself, putting others above him, I suppose it would be the way to put it. Um, and, you know, helping out a friend in need. And he's been in the hospital a lot, taking care of people. Um, and Jeremy thought, hey, we could use, he could use a distraction. And he clued me into this idea. There is a company called British Wrestling DVDs or something like that. And they have a whole bunch of old classic British wrestling. Um, and they were doing a sale where for about two pounds a piece, you could get some either DVDs themselves or digital downloads of some classic British wrestling. So Jeremy thought, wouldn't it be a good idea if we got the besties together and, you know, perhaps gathered some funds and bought some of these downloads for our good buddy Glenn because he needs something to help him get through, distraction, pick me up sort of thing. So fantastic idea by Jeremy. And I did the research and I looked it up and I said to myself, self, this is really not that much money. So I just did it myself. Yeah. So some of so Jeremy might chip in or buy some more, but Glenn, if you're listening, um, I have here a folder of some downloads. Now, I don't know the legalities. I bought them. He sent me the downloads. Um, I'm going to share them with Glenn because that's who I bought them for. I'm presuming, Doc, and you would know more of this, of this than I, I can't share them with everybody, right? Like, I can't post the, these downloads in the bestie chat, can I? That that would seem to be, at best, a legally gray area. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. So, uh, Glenn, um, I'll be touching base with you. I'm going to wait till after you hear this to share it with you. Uh, but I've got um, The Best of Les Kellett Volume 1, The Best of Les Kellett Volume 2. Uh, I've got Volume 2 of The Best of Johnny Saint. I've got Volume 1 of The Best of a Guy Named Vic Faulkner. All these names, I asked Glenn kind of surreptitiously who his favorites were. And then I just grabbed some classic British wrestling. I might buy more. Other people are encouraged to buy more. If you want to buy more, either for yourself or to support our good bestie Glenn, let me know. It's pretty easy. I can get you in touch with the right people to get these downloads. Um, but I've got a whole bunch of content for you, Glenn, of something to watch, whether you're in the hospital visiting someone or just on your own doing your thing. Uh, we love you very much. Bit.ly forward slash help a bestie that's all lowercase no spaces bit.ly forward slash help a bestie all right we've got two more emails here uh jeremy who had the idea want to make sure i give him credit this was all his idea i just did the legwork oh god we can't do this tonight the masked mayhem challenge i guess i'll read this oh yeah before i get to my question which isn't really a question, but more of a challenge. I'd like to state how much fun the DDT Bestie draft has been these past few weeks. And having Doc active and engaged in the draft was a treat. We've kind of fizzled out a bit. We're, we're coming up to the end. You tapped out only recently. Uh, only recently. Yeah, I would. No, no shade. That's fine. A little long in the tooth, this one. Yes. That's all. I you happen to be in a draft with people like Brandon and Jeremy and myself who we could have gone a hundred rounds and been happily like, yeah, I'll take Coco Beware. Yes, I want Barry Horowitz. So fair, fair. Um, 
This morning, we put a bow on this most recent version of the draft. In the draft chat, I posted the tournament bracket for my 41-man Masked Mayhem tournament, with the intention that the bestie drafters could gin up their own version of how it would all play out. Ryan's idea to have Rey Mysterio lose to Rick Rude due to Rey's unmasked visage being painted on Rude's tights, thus exposing his true identity, was brilliant. Now, for those who have no idea what we're talking about, Jeremy always likes to have a strategy when we're doing these fantasy drafts, and his strategy this year, or this round, was he was only going to take masked wrestlers, and ideally something like Mr. America, who is obviously Hulk Hogan, the Midnight Rider, who was obviously Dusty Rhodes, but we went 41 rounds, so he was finding some... That, and Hulk Hogan is on my roster, so... Well, yes, you took him before he had the chance to do so. true. Glenn did. And then I traded Glenn for Hulk Hogan. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. But either way, he was, you know, grasping at straws near the end. I'm actually pretty sure, and Jeremy, I love you. I think he was making some up. He was like, did you know Kerry Von Erich was the cosmic cowboy? And I'm like, no, he wasn't. Don't lie. Just, you want the Von Erichs. I'm confused. How is Rick Rude on his roster? Rick Rude at one point wrestled as the Black Scorpion. Right, but... I mean, this was an all-time draft when you were drafting gimmicks, so this should be Rey Mysterio versus the Black Scorpion. Yes, I think that was – but I don't know. But his idea is you have a 41-man tournament. I don't know how that's going to work from a logistics standpoint because 41 is not divisible by 8. But um, you lose, you have to take your mask off. And so you go until there is only one masked wrestler on the roster, the ultimate masked wrestler. Great. Filling out a fantasy tournament bracket is right in DC's wheelhouse, so he is excluded from this challenge at this time. Oh, great. Thanks. Nice. Doc, however, I wouldn't expect to participate in such tomfoolery. Accurate. The challenge is this. Oh, God. Doc, fill out your results for the Masked Mayhem tournament bracket. DC can pull it up and call out the matchups. I'd like to see who Doc advances and ultimately has winning the tournament. At least the number six seed in your hearts, Jeremy <laughs> sent from my iPhone. I, mean, we, um, I think we can get to this. We should but do We're it. already past right now. No, not right now. Okay, then we'll do it. Later. I think we should we'll do save this. this for a later. Okay, we can do it maybe for next week's show, or even a little yeah, in between we'll over the weekend. Who knows? Sure. All right. All Don't right. let us forget about this one. I think we should do this. Yeah. Our last email. We get a second one from Danielle, and this is more of a a typical Danielle email in that it's not just one line. Hello. On February 5th, Oklahoma officially had its first inches of snow ever. (laughs) We are currently sitting at five inches and we should get another three to end out the day. Yesterday evening, OU and the public school. Awkward. OU and the public schools, along with 800 other public places, Called off school across the state today because Oklahomans aren't known for being good drivers in this weather, or that employers aren't that kind in that area. I got to stay home, bring out my new camera kit, and take pictures of the snow. I was only outside for 20 minutes, but I still had fun, and have yet to master building a snowman. Curious to see if they cancel or delay tomorrow as well. So questions. Number one. In Texas, if there's bad weather, some schools will have a delayed start by 1030 the set time that everyone has to take attendance for money and funding. Do the schools in y'all's area give delay starts or do they cancel for the day? 
Fellow teachers told me that Norman doesn't do delayed starts. They either go to school, roads being terrible, or they stay home because it clashes with parents being able to go to work on time. There's no in-between, which I find interesting. Number two, if you could mix up announcers from any promotion, where would you move them to? Who would you hire? Who would you not rehire? Cheers, Danielle. Um, yes, we have delays. In fact, in, in my district, we have now just added a three-hour delay to go along with a two-hour delay because we were finding that a two-hour delay was not long enough so you would wind up canceling school, but by 11 or so, everything was fine, so they've added a three-hour delay, which I'm hoping is what we get tomorrow. Cool. Yeah. Um, Same difference. Mix. We delay all yeah. different types or cancel depending on how bad it is. It's a sliding scale yeah. based on the weather. If you could mix up announcers from any promotion, where would you move them? Who would you hire? I like the announcers that WWE's got. Um, I would probably get rid of Morrow because it's I don't I don't like him anymore. But I would keep Morrow, but I think I would tell him, hey, no more pop culture stuff. Just call the match. Yeah. Well, and just, and I get it. Like I understand. You want to have your personal flair announcer. and all that, but well, you want personal flair, and and they want you to say the same things over and over again. Like Michael Cole says, it's boss time, or here comes the big dog. Vintage. But if but if I hear Mauro Ronaldo talk about a cavalcade of kicks again, yeah, I'm going to throw my TV out the window. Yeah. So I mean, it's a hard question for me to answer, particularly at this time. Like, Jim Ross, to me, is one of the all-time great announcers. But I don't know that modern-day Jim Ross is someone that I would put on my team right now. You know what I mean? Not regularly. No. I think you bring out Jerry, Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross for, like, one or two big matches, like, a pay-per-view. But that other guy you know on I mean? AEW... Excalibur? He's actually no, pretty that's good. that's New Japan. Excalibur's oh, not is bad. Is Excalibur yeah, it is. AEW? Yeah. Excalibur's not bad. I like Excalibur, too, but I was talking about I do too. Uh, Tony. Oh. What's his last name? What about Tony? Shivani. Shivani. He's really good still. He is. He's really good. <laughs> that was what I That was what I noticed. The AEW I watched, I was like, oh, Tony Shivani. I missed you. He was really good in WCW until the end. Yeah. like uh, When Vince Russo took over. He's a guy that I would like to see on my promotion team right now. Like, it, yeah. whoever he is, I'd like to hear him on the announce booth. Yeah. Um, yeah. JR and Lawler should call the Edge Norton match. There you go. Because, like, it's like, you know, yeah. it's a throwback sort of thing. All right. Well, that is it for emails. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sending them. Um, do you have a new po uh, piece of positivity? I do. So what is the other thing that I've been doing this week, in addition to, you know, fixing my retro pie and watching Friday the 13th movies, uh, I also started playing Dead Cells again. Uh, Dead Cells, I've been playing it on the PC, but it's available on pretty much everything. Nintendo, Switch, as well as Xbox, PS4, etc. Um, Dead Cells is a uh, roguelite Metroidvania game, if that means anything to you. Um so it's a lot of fun. The combat's really involved. There's a lot of, you know, parrying if you're playing that sort of build or dodging and different weapons and secondaries. It's this 2D art style, pixel style game, fast and frenetic. Um, basically, you do a run through the game. Like you're going through the levels. 
Um, if you die, you start over. Um, that's there's like a permadeath mechanic there. But as a rogue light, there is some progression that carries over from run to run. You might unlock, um, you know, more uses of your health vial and that will carry over to the next run um but like you always start over with the same basic weapons and the game is procedurally generated so as you go into these levels the level itself like the first level is always the same tile set it's the same sort of like cavern level but the layout the is always different there's a map that you're uncovering like in a metroid game and it's always a different layout the location of the enemies is always different the weapons that you might happen to find are always different you're finding these scrolls which you can upgrade one of three different like skills to determine your build and develop your build differently every time again you play through the game It's a lot of fun. I put a lot of time into that game probably about a year ago. Never really got too far with it, but I recently started it up again. There's been a lot of balancing changes. It's been supported for a very long time. They've got their first paid DLC coming out on the 11th of February, which is probably why I got back into it. I saw that was coming. All the content, and they've released a lot of different content, a lot of different patches over the last year, and it's all been free. This first one... I actually think I'm going to pay for it. It's only $5, and it seems like it's actually going to be giving a lot of content. The game's a lot of fun. It controls super well. And the one thing I will say, piece of positivity, uh, this last week playing through it, I finally completed a run. I actually beat the game. I saw credits. Um, Now, so it's not actually over, of course, because even after once you beat the game you can do additional runs, right? There's more story, I think, beyond that story. Um, but I have hit credits, so I, I've, I've seen the, the at least the intended story. I know, and I, I know for a fact there's more beyond what I have seen, but uh, I was pretty pleased with that. So it's not, it's not, not an easy game, that's for sure. Any of those games, like, what's the... But it's a lot of fun. It is. Is it Dark Souls? Yeah, it's sort of like a 2D Dark Souls, except like it's I feel like Dark Souls is very slow paced. And this game can be, but it really feels like it encourages you to go fast. I like that there's yeah. a lot of flexibility in how you build the character. And if you just want to go, 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 you can. And in fact, the time I beat the game, that's basically what I was doing. I was just just ripping Moving. through it. Good. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm gl- there was I think you know, if Pav were still listening, I think he'd be able to chime in. This might have the most individual things you've said like Friday the 13th and Dead Cells yeah. and the Raspberry Pi. Like you've been positive almost throughout the cool. show. I mean, that's what happens when you're terribly ill and get to stay home from work two days in a row, extending your weekend. You actually get time sure. to live. Um, my piece of positivity is nostalgic. Uh, I'm watching the ECW hardcore TVs and bras one right after the other. Cause I'm at the same timeline, just the characters that WWF had as a kid. Like I, you know, there's a trash man. There's a pirate. There's a pig farmer. I know eventually Shane Douglas just left ECW, so he's going to become Dean Douglas and he's going to be a teacher. Like, just, it's campy, it's dumb, 
And I'm loving every second of it because, you know, here's Hakushi. Who is he? He's the modern day kamikaze. What does that mean? We have no idea. If you didn't have the nostalgia factor, do you think you would still enjoy it? If you're asking if you would enjoy it, yes, because I think you would get some of the – it's corny. It is corny. Yeah, it's not really what I'm asking. So, what I'm asking is if you were a modern wrestling fan, let's say you were 15 okay, years old sure. and you had the network and you went back, do you think you would enjoy this or do you think you would say, what is this corny shit? Get it off of my streaming box. The problem is the wrestling itself. They're just starting to now have more than one actual ma- – like. The early Raws are five squash matches, and maybe Bret Hart wrestles IRS at the end. Yeah. Now they're finally – like I'm watching a championship match. It's Diesel versus Bam Bam. I feel like the early Raws had a lot of Bastion Booger all over them. Yeah. Yeah. And sadly, he's gone. We've had Quang. We're going to get Savio Vega soon. Um, So, you know, but – so I think if you enjoy the wrestling aspect – that's not there yet, but some of the story is good. Um, but no, I think a modern wrestling fan would watch this and go, what is this garbage? But they'd watch ECW and go, this is even worse garbage. Yeah. This is, I tried watching this some has, ECW. This has, more, this has more of the wrestling that they would want. Like I just watched Two Cold Scorpio versus Eddie Guerrero. That match was good, but the camera quality is terrible. The 90s video packages, they wouldn't be able to stomach. So you have to appreciate that era in order to really enjoy this. Fair enough. I think. All right. I hope you've enjoyed this episode 209-ish of DDT Wrestling. We'll be back at it most likely next week unless one of us gets – the dreaded Bud Light virus or something like that. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that? If you'd like to have your thoughts run the mail, read on the air, send us an email at podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you like this episode, you can listen to our back catalog at ddtpod.com. And obviously you're listening to this, so you already know where to find us. And uh, finally, if you like what you've heard and how could you head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to give us a little bit of money. We'd appreciate it. It helps keep the lights on. It actually does fund uh, the hosting for the the podcast. So, uh, yeah, it keeps the lights on, the podcast train of chugging. And, and finally, just just to reiterate what I was I said during the emails, uh, I know we missed it last week, but uh, bit.ly forward slash help a bestie. Head on over to yeah. send some financial support to Glenn. Honestly, this week, if you got to choose between us and him, we understand. Yeah. Uh we're learning such interesting things about old Armbar Abbott, um, <laughs> who took down the Dynamite Kid in a judo match, who was in the VIP section for the British Bulldog when he won the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam 92. You know, I understand that question marks is just a joke now because I did two episodes and it hasn't happened in a long time. And I was thinking about hey, it in, today. In I was fairness. Like, I want to talk to people. The problem is all the technical stuff to have to get it and record it. If I had a producer, if somebody could be like, look, I want you to do this show. I'll take all the care of all the technical mumbo jumbo. All you have to do is do the interviews. I would do it all the time. But all the technical stuff just irritates me. So, hey, if you're out there and you want to, you know, produce a podcast, which is me talking to random wrestling people, let me know. Doesn't that sound like something you want to do, Doc? Maybe. 
Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the maybe, at least. <laughs> he is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I have no idea what we'll title this episode, but until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? <laughs> <laughs>